Hey there, folks. Matt Hunsaker here for the State Tax Show. Can you claim a sales tax exemption for equipment used to extract minerals from the ground? Well, Texas courts have revisited that question. Let's discuss. I just finished giving a TEI presentation on Texas tax updates. And whenever I give these types of updates, inevitably, something comes out later that week that causes my presentation to become instantly dated. And that happened last week. The Texas Court of Appeals just released their opinion in Texas Westmoreland Coal Company. This was a case about whether you could claim the Texas manufacturing exemption which is really a manufacturing, processing, and fabricating exemption for equipment that severs minerals from real property. And when I say manufacturing exemption, I am talking, obviously, about a sales tax exemption. A while back, someone asked me to kind of go through all the different types of jobs I wanted to have growing up. And one of my early desires was to become a heavy equipment operator. And I obviously didn't turn into a heavy equipment operator. But this case kind of has me rethinking my life's decisions as I take a closer look at some of the heavy equipment operation that is used in coal mining. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with coal mining, the first step is to use a drag line to basically scrape the top layer of dirt off of the coal formation. And that top layer is called the overburden. And then, well, at least in this case, excavators are used to, as the court put it, crack, break apart, and reduce the size of the lignite coal. So basically, a big bucket with teeth would drag across the formation to dig in and break off pieces of coal. They would then dump that coal from up high into one of those great big huge trucks so that they would then smash, smash down into even smaller pieces. And they had to be small to meet their customers' specifications which is one of the requirements for the manufacturing exemption. Now, a while back, I did a show on the manufacturing exemption with my daughter. Actually, I think it was probably within the last two months. And in that show, I explained a lot of the nuance that surrounds the very disparate ways that states implement their version of the manufacturing exemption. In this case, here in Texas, the test was whether the product offered for sale was tangible personal property, whether the equipment at issue was tangible personal property, and then finally whether the equipment made a physical change to the product. Now that is an oversimplification, but those are really the salient points for this particular case. Well, everyone agreed that Westmoreland met this test, even the comptroller. The lignite coal was sold as tangible personal property, the excavators were tangible personal property, and the excavators made a physical change to the coal by smashing it up into smaller pieces. So why do we have a case then? Well, the reason why is the controller argued that there was a fourth requirement. The product had to be tangible personal property before processing started and not real property. 
And because the coal was real property at the beginning of the manufacturing process, I mean, it was embedded in and part of the ground, then the manufacturing exemption did not apply. Well, what about the fact that the coal was broken up by the bucket and further broken up by dumping it into the truck all after it was severed? You know, those few seconds from becoming detached until the final smashing in the truck. Uh, the controller argued that that was really one seamless process, as they put it. So the whole act of severing, scooping, and dumping into the truck was processing real property. Well, I think that's pretty nuanced. Wouldn't you agree? Well, the court wasn't having any of it. The court looked, as it should, to the statutory language and said, there's no requirement that the input to a processing operation has to be tangible personal property. That just applies to the product that is ultimately sold. Now, I'm not going to bore you with the grammar primer given by the court, but if you are interested in statutory construction and prepositional phrases, then I would recommend giving this case a read. It's a really good primer on that subject. Now, many of you are probably asking yourselves, what about oil and natural gas? Well, the court has already heard a case on that. Back in 2016, the court heard Southwest royalties. In that case, the court held that the process of extracting oil and gas did not cause a chemical or physical change. But even back then, the controller argued that the oil and gas were real property and couldn't qualify for the manufacturing exemption, even if there was some sort of chemical or physical change. But the court in Southwest Royalties never got to that argument because they found ultimately that there was no processing or manufacturing occurring in the extraction process. Hopefully you can see the distinction there between Southwest Royalties and Westmoreland. I've, I've already gotten quite a few calls from people wondering how this case jives with the Southwest Royalties case. I can see a few refund opportunities coming out of this Westmoreland case, and not just for coal companies. But the real reason I wanted to share this was to help illustrate just how complicated and nuanced the manufacturing exemption can be, particularly in states like Texas that do not have an integrated plant concept. Well, I'll be back Monday with an episode that's a little off the beaten path, but should still be quite interesting. Until then, have yourselves a great week. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.